Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. With everyone looking to shrink their bill these days, Dunn Stores gives you new ways to save on your shop with double savers. First, you'll save in the aisles when you fill your basket with fantastic low prices across thousands of great products. Then, you'll save again at the till with our 5 off 25 grocery voucher. Shrink your bill with double savers, new from Dunn Stores. Dunn Stores, always better value. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used on next in-store grocery shop of €25 or more. Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay. nature it should be for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people i do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show the facts we're retelling you were presented to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims my description of the crime scenes are what i saw with my own two eyes if you're gonna get offended Please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and 
Welcome to this edition of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Y'all, I'm going to talk about a couple things real quick before we get started and explain. First of all, I want to explain why we're not doing the conclusion of Rapids Burning. Uh, for those of you outside of Louisiana, you know, we had Hurricane Laura hit. Uh, what over two weeks now? Almost two weeks. What? Anyway, it's total devastation in Southwest Louisiana. There's still 100, and, almost 170 thousand people without power. But it actually went through Rapids, also Rapids Parish, and another courthouse was closed all week last week. Um, people were without electricity for you know seven or eight days in Rapids, and I the. I'm doing the interview, and it'll be released next week that I told y'all I was going to do with some more damning information, and we're going to conclude that series. But it's stuff that y'all need to hear. But that's why I'm, today I'm just going to do a regular episode. But uh, our prayers go out to all the people affected by Hurricane Laura. And look, I know we lost everything in 2016. I know what it's like to lose your home and have to start over from scratch. And I know what it's like from working all the named storms and for 20 years in the state of Louisiana. I know what it's like to be without power. I can remember, I don't remember the name of the storm, but I was with state police and I can remember going to my office. I was single at the time, going to my office and sleeping on the floor just so I could have some air conditioner after eight or nine days without power. So I get it. Y'all hang in there and you'll get through it. Louisiana strong. And in California, y'all, all you lifers out there, we're praying for you. California and the western states that are burning, we're praying for you. And, and I mean, people are losing everything. So it's going to take, I think, Rapids burning. The conclusion is, is more important. I just don't want to do it in the middle of the weeks where all this is going on. We'll, we'll wrap it up next week. Plus, I couldn't get up there to do it. So that being said, I'm going to tell you an original today from 2005 let me think of a name real quick street justice we'll call this episode street justice and listen i got to say this okay this episode is going to have some stuff that's hard to hear it is not for everybody heed my warning people don't be that asshole that goes to iTunes and leaves a one-star review that starts with, well, Woody gives a warning before every show, but, and then goes into, you know, leave me a one-star saying I'm about cursing and and the, my descriptions of the crime scenes and all that shit. Hey, if you don't like it, don't listen. And I'm sure that person is still tuning in listening to this one. I guess it's like driving by a car wreck. That they have to tune in to see what it's going to be. I don't want to ruin your day. I'm telling you right now, this is a hard story to hear. Turn it off if you don't like it. Street justice. In, in 2005, all right, y'all, I, I doubt this person is still even alive, the victim, but I'm not going to say the victim's name. I will say uh, the last name of the of suspects involved. I'm not going to say what city it happened in. 
um, or anything like that. So I'm going to leave that stuff out. If you feel so inclined to go look it up by these last names, and then good luck to you because, uh, well, I mean, there's stuff on there, but there's no news articles. There's only the appeals process, et cetera. But Street Justice, in 2005, in the month of April, there was a 76-year-old lady who lived in a small town in a neighboring parish to Livingston Parish. At the same time, in 2005, I was a detective with Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office, and Brian Paul Smith was my partner. But this story starts in a small town in the neighboring parish to Livingston. And y'all, the people who are listening for the first time and don't know, Louisiana has parishes, not counties, okay? So when I say parish, it really means a county. Now, this lady was 76 years old. Um, her husband had, had had passed maybe two years before, two I think two two years before, and I believe he was a preacher his entire life, and they always helped people. And she lived alone, and she helped people whenever she could. You know, if you showed up and 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 asked for some food because you were hungry, she was going to feed you. And if you showed up and you're trying to make some some gas money or whatever, she would let you cut her grass, et cetera. And so on this particular day, two guys go to her house, two black males go to her house. One, the last name Belazar, he had been there before and, and through over a period of time, this lady knew him. She would always help him out. She would let him cut her grass or do whatever and, and give him a few dollars change. And he knew, uh, he knew her. And, and, and earlier in the day, Belazar and McGee, his partner, were smoking crack. And evidently, Belazar owed McGee some money. Belazar said, McGee pulled a pistol on him and said, Bitch, I want my money and you're going to get it for me today. So Belazar says, well, I know where we can go hit a lick at. And hitting the lick, y'all, if you listen to the past episodes, you know that street turns for a robbery. So McGee says, well, let's ride, bitch. And, and they ride over to this little old lady's house during the daytime. And Belazar goes to the door, and he knocks on the door, and he calls her name. She comes to the door in her house gown, nightgown, well, not nightgown, but, you know, like a house, not a robe, but I guess nightgown, whatever you call it. Just She comes to the door, she looks at the keyhole, and she sees Belazar, who she's known, like, for a long time, right? And he's like, hey, can, can you open up? I want to talk to you. And she opens the door, and as soon as she opens the door, bam, McGee rushes in and punches her in the face, knocks her to the ground. And it was said later on that he had a gun, but um, but she was just knocked down, and he starts wailing on her, beating on her on the ground, saying, bitch, where's the money at, bitch? Where's your guns at, bitch? And, and she was like, stop, stop. She said, I don't, I don't have any guns. My money's in the bedroom. And he picks her up by the back of the head and drags her down the hall to the bedroom and once in the bedroom, he slams her head into the wall and he spins her around and pins her down on the bed. 
and face down on the bed. And this is going to be here, hard to hear, y'all. But he hiked up her nightgown and took his penis out and raped her or tried to rape her. He actively tried, okay? Now, this is a 76-year-old lady that he's raping, and that shows you what kind of piece of shit that you're dealing with right here. Now, both McGee and Belazar are longtime frequent flyers in their small town. They've got numerous, numerous criminal convictions. They, the, co- the local cops all know them, et cetera. But anyway, so he pins her down, and he's, he's I mean, what is the mindset? You get, you're there for, for money and, and stuff that you can take to sell. Why would you try to rape a 76-year-old lady? So he's behind her. He's shoving his penis in on, on and about the area of her naked vagina and saying all kinds of nasty shit to her. And Belazar, she's begging and, and saying, just take the money, just take the money. And um, they they did. They took her deceased husband's jewelry, her jewelry, uh, what, what little money she had, et cetera. And he beat on her some more physically, beat beat on her, and then they stuffed her in a closet. And I can't, I don't think he necessarily left her for dead because they they barricaded the closet door with some with some chairs. So they locked her in the closet. I don't think you lock her in the closet. You think she's dead, but she was severely beaten. Uh, and the right part, right? And so they leave. Before they left, they ripped the phones out of the walls in the house. And at some point, she is able to get out of the closet. And she sees the phones are ripped out, and she has to go out and seek assistance, right? So the cops get called, and they come out, and they work the scene. She told them what happened. Now, look, you got to give props to this to this lady, Right, she's a strong, strong individual, and it'll come into play later on when I tell you about the rest of it. But to go through that, to be savagely beaten and raped, or or attempted rape in your own home, and then to stand up and to be robbed. And I mean, if you've ever been robbed, shit, being robbed when somebody steals from you, that's bad enough. But to be violated in your own home in every way possible. And then have the cops come out and have the guts. You go to the hospital and all that, but to have the guts to stand up and say, yeah, I know who it was. She said, I know the one uh, guy's Belazar. He's been to my house before. I've helped him before. Husband, I helped him. I've known him. I guarantee you it was him. She said, I don't have any idea who the other guy was. So the cops get a warrant for Belazar. And they go and and they arrest him. He he flips like a little pancake bitch on McGee, and and tells what happened. Um, he said that McGee had a pistol uh, when he uh, he he admitted they were smoking crack. He said that 
uh, he, he owed McGee money. McGee pulled a pistol on him, and you know, of course, he tried to minimize his involvement. But he said that they went over there. He said McGee raped her and uh, beat her, and they took the the money and left. Now, what he didn't say, well, he did actually. He told them when they left, they they smoked. Uh, more crack, and then he went to I think his his father's house, and he told his father and his uncle that McGee had just raped and beat an old lady. Well, the motherfucker didn't call the police, and he didn't call an ambulance, and he knows they left her stuffed in a closet. And chances are, there was a very real chance that she could have died from that, which would have been a death penalty case. But in the state of Louisiana, if you're... At AmeriHealth Caritas, Louisiana, we help people get care, stay well, and build healthy communities. Care is the heart of our work at AmeriHealth Caritas, Louisiana. 13 or under, or I think, I think it's 72 or older, that it makes it aggravated rape. So it could still technically be a death penalty case. But he, so he's, he's, he's getting high and he went out and bought more uh, powder cocaine and brought it back to his house and made crack during this time. He ain't worried about the, the victim. You know, he just got fucking caught. I mean, I, I don't know what you, what are you thinking? You know, the lady knows who you are. You call out her name and you say your name. Hey, Miss Such Such, hey, it's Belazar. And can you open the door so I can talk to you? And she opens the door, and McGee goes in and attacks her like the savage beast that he is. So Belzar gives it up. Cops get a warrant for McGee for aggravated rape and aggravated burglary. Now, let me explain the aggravated burglary to you. Simple burglary is if I break into your house and I just steal some shit um, then, and I leave, that's a simple burglary. Aggravated burger is if I break into your house and and I, I commit any type of, under Louisiana law, if I commit any type of felony while I'm inside the house other than the, the stealing, that makes it aggravated burger. And it's just about as serious charge as you can get besides attempted murder or murder or you know, rape. But, it, I mean, it's a, it's a badass charge. It carries a lot of time. But certainly they committed numerous felonies once inside uh, the beating uh, uh, beating of a, not all the beating that she took but the beating of an elderly person makes it even more aggravated and then the the, the rape part etc anyway so they get they get an arrest form well guess what they know this asshole he's a frequent flyer he's a he's one of their best customers and they've I mean, this guy's rap sheet is longer than my hatred for COVID, right? I mean, it's just huge. So they get the warrant, and they they find him at a local convenience store. And again, this is small town America. There's only a couple little stores in the town. And this dumbass is just riding around smoking crack. And when they catch him at the convenience store, they, he's in his car, and there's actually stolen, still stolen items from the victim's residence inside the vehicle. So they get him, they arrest him, revise his rights, they bring him in, they videotaped it, and he confesses. He says, y'all, 
went over there and he said, yep, I hit her. And he said, I took her in the back room. He said, but I didn't fuck her. I didn't fuck her. He said, I tried, but I didn't fuck her. And I said, what do you mean? He said, he said I couldn't get my dick in. He said, but I, I wore a condom. He said, he said I took her in the, in the bedroom. I, I slammed her face down. I hiked her, her nightgown up, pulled her panties down. I took my dick out and I put a condom on, which I don't believe. He said, I put a condom on, and he said, I kept trying to stick it in, but I couldn't get in a hole. It just, I, I just couldn't make it work. And he said, so we just took the stuff and put her in the closet and left. Well, Louisiana, the law for aggravated rape, which is Louisiana Revised Statute 1442, if I remember it correctly, the law is defined as penetration no matter how slight. It doesn't say you have to make full penetration. It doesn't say you have to get all the way in or even an inch in or whatever. Penetration no matter how slight. And I would think this guy, six or seven times, he's trying to get it in. I, I could bet he it, it penetrated at some point, even if it's a millimeter. But anyway, whatever. His, his claim to fame is that, and he was adamant about it, is it, he took the time to put a condom on. Bullshit. I don't believe that. And I think he was he's worried about another charge, which is uh, he probably had AIDS, and, and he's worried about another charge like that. I, I don't get the whole condom thing. I mean, this crackhead is not going to take the time to put it on a condom, but he confesses. But he didn't get it in, right, according to him. Fuck him. He's, a, he's arrested on the, on the aggravated rape and the aggravated burglary. But guess what? These cops in this small town have known this asshole forever, and they get to talking to him about the items from the burglary and uh, what, what was used, et cetera. And, you know, they're trying to recover more shit and build a better case. They're doing a good job. But at, the, at some point, he says he used a pipe. And I don't know if that was during the beating, y'all. You got to remember, this was 15 years ago. But I remember it being a pipe. He tells them there's a pipe that he used um, in the burglary. And he could take him to go get it. They threw it out the window, and he knew where it was. Now, this this went on. When they caught him at the convenience store, they booked him, and um, and then they're doing interviews, and he, he went back and forth to the jail evidently a couple of times, and then that'll come into play here in a little bit, and I'll explain why. So he tells him, says, look, if you take me to the spot, I can get you that and I think it was a piece of pipe. And uh, I guess maybe they were going to use it for DNA evidence or um, hoping maybe it had some of her blood on it or whatever. But so they put him in, in a cop car, marked cop car, one I think only two this this town has or had at that time. And they take him out there to this spot. And it's shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. 
It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. It's hot in in April, right? It's in April. It's the uh, morning time. But the two cops get out of the car, and they like the old boy enough that, or they've established good enough rapport with him that they put him in the front seat of the police car so he could have some air conditioning. Isn't that nice? This guy who beats and rapes old ladies they're worried about him being cool in the cop car. Okay, whatever. So they, they said he was handcuffed and shackled. They put him in the front seat. They go down uh, approximately 
less than 100 yards from the cop car. They're looking for the pipe. And they look back up, and guess what? McGee has decided he is now the proud owner of a cop car. That's right. He climbed over, got in the driver's seat, and he's hauling ass. He took off. Now, don't you know they shit their pants and when they and when you look up and that's one of those oh my situations. Oh my, I'm fucked. What do you, how do you call that in? Um, you call it in on your shoulder, Mike, saying, uh, dispatch, um Well, I'm kinda of standing in the field here and uh do the the probably the most serious crime they ever had in that town, except for a couple of murders, then dude just hauled ass and, and stole their police car and left them standing literally on the side of the road. All right. So everybody gets alerted. State police, the, the sheriff's office over there uh, in that parish, all the town units, et cetera, and they call it out. I mean, it's not like he's he's driving in a, you know, a car that can't be recognized. He is in a marked police car, marked with the town emblems on on the side. It's got the light bar on the top. Um, he just stole the police cruiser. So they call it in. Everybody, it's a bolo. Be on the lookout for. Be on the lookout for our police car. He just stole our shit. And and this guy is one uh, under arrest for aggravated rape in aggravated burger, et cetera. Fast forward to me. At that time, I was a detective with the Lewis Parish Sheriff's Office, and I was actually on the night shift with Brian Paul and uh, Brian Paul Smith. And we were partners when we'd come out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But sometime before then, I actually got a page uh, uh, set to 1021 Brian Paul, which is give him a call. And so I called him and he said, hey, I'll, he said, you got to come on over to uh, the east side of the parish. They got a manhunt, and, and I'll explain it to you when you get here. And I'm, he said, I'm getting out, and I'm trying to put people out on the perimeter right now. I'm like, all right. So I swap over to TAC 2. Now, we had uh, at least three TACs, y'all, and that's radio channels on our police band. TAC 1 covered the west side of the parish, and at the time I was living in Watson on the west side of the parish. TAC 2 covered the east side and so I swapped to TAC 2 so I could listen to what was going on because it was going to take me about 35, 40 minutes to drive over there. And wh- where I was going was Highway Louisiana Highway 40, uh, it, which is the last highway in Livingston Parish in the most northeast corner of Livingston Parish, and it, it runs east to west. It runs a long ways across the parish, but it runs into the next parish where it dead ends, the parish line is. And that's where I was going. Real rural area, nothing up there. And on on that stretch of Highway 40, now Highway 43 crossed it probably a couple miles from the parish line. And, And Highway 43 runs from the very northern tip of Livingston Parish down to almost knocking it. It run, runs way down south. So that's that's where I'm going. I'm going, there's one little country store on Highway 40 up there. Other than that, this, the houses are sparsely populated. 
and the uh it's real rural it's cow pastures and shit and and not swamps up there because it's more farmland but it's it's just real really rural and there's cow pastures flood and stuff like that so I'm hauling ass. I'm listening. They're they're setting up perimeter. The SWAT team's been called out. And what happened was the state police are there. The the neighboring parish, the sheriff's office are there. All town units available are there. Everybody's getting put out on the perimeter. And what happened was McGee got, I guess he thought he was a NASCAR driver or something, but he, he was taking Highway 40 into Livingston Parish. And it's a real curvy road, y'all. And it's a high, high embankment in this one spot. And I'm talking about like must be a 15-foot drop down, and it's just big-ass cow pasture. He lost it in the turn. He lost control of the of the cop car in the turn, jumped off the embankment, crashed into the field, and totaled this cop car. So I pull up. I get to the store, and I meet Brian Paul. And at the time, Brian Paul wasn't the head of the SWAT team, but that was his next his next job when he left detectives, right, uh, to be over training and over the SWAT team. But he was like the, one of the top dogs on the SWAT team. So he was coordinating all that stuff, and, he, and I got there and said, look. And he, and he told me what happened. He told me a story about the, the 76-year-old being beaten and raped and this guy, how he escaped and stole the cop car. But the cop car was obvious. It was trashed. I think it like rolled a couple times of like the light bar and shit was halfway across the field and and how that somebody honestly got I don't know how they got out of the the car and got away on foot I figured we'd catch him but he told me everything and he said um you know Stan Stan Carpenter wanted me up in the area to help assist you know to do drive-bys now when anytime you get in a big perimeter like this y'all in a big man hunt then the helicopters come out and all that. The you're gonna start getting a lot of calls from there's not a lot of people that live up there, but you're gonna get calls. People saying, Oh, my dog's barking. Uh, I mean, the highway's shut down. I mean, everything's shut down anywhere around. But you're gonna get a lot of calls, and I was going to respond to the calls with uniform or whoever was closest to to check them out. And that's that's what we did. And the manhunt went on forever. And, I mean, it went on to, as I'm talking about hours and hours and hours, and it was hot, and they had to keep swapping out the canines uh, because the canines, like, the canines couldn't pick up the track. I couldn't understand it because looking at the vehicle, you'd figure there'd be blood, a blood trail. You'd figure there'd be something in out there in this field, and they never could get on him. Or a couple times they thought they were on a track, and they lost a track. I don't know. But... It was a real shit show, to be honest with you. And as as it got dark, and there was nothing else they could do, and and they didn't have any sign, and they'd been out there all day, and so they called it, called off the search, and and that's when I met Brian Paul back up at the store, and and Stan stopped by and he said, "Hey man, y'all on nights tonight, you know, if you can, just kind of hang out in the area, do drive throughs or whatever," and. I said, all right, cool. You know, so we did, and and Stan left. But then we got a detective call, a regular detective call, and Brian Paul went to catch it. I don't remember if it was another rape case or something, but it was it was something 
big enough where the two of us didn't have to go together, and we decided I would stay up in the area, right? So Brian Paul went to handle that, and I stayed in the area. And, I mean, it's dark up there. There's no street lights. It is rural as you know what, right? I mean, it's just... So I'm cruising. I have an unmarked extended cab truck at the time. And so I, I'm riding around just the, the only little, there was only a couple little roads off that section of Highway 40. And, and so I'm riding those and then I'm riding 40 and riding all the way back to Highway 43. And then, and then a couple of hours went by and I said, you know what? This asshole is out here somewhere. It's too rural. I mean, we, I know he didn't get across Highway 40 because that's where all the cops were. They set up a big perimeter around the area. Yeah, I figured he's in there laid up somewhere. And if he, if he went north, it wasn't but maybe a mile or two before the next parish line. And, and so I just figured he was in there, and I, I was hoping I would get lucky. And I thought, well, you know what? Let me go back out to Highway 43 and hang a right and go into that parish, which is a different parish, y'all, than the one he came in from. So it's kind of a corner where Livingston meets a couple of areas. And so I did. I, I, I went to 43, I hung a right, and I, I drove up the mile or so, and I crossed out of our parish into an area they call Georgetown. I don't know why, because there isn't anything up there, but they have a sign, bigger than shit, a Louisiana highway sign that says Georgetown in the big white letters. And so I'm in Georgetown. I'm not in my jurisdiction. I know this, but I'm just trying to get lucky. And, and I'm driving along about 50 miles an hour. It's my truck on my truck was kind of a big jacked up truck, and it was a diesel at that. So I'm driving, and in my rearview mirror, and in my side mirror, I see a flash of something. To the passenger side rear, I saw a flash of something like it went into the ditch. I immediately locked up my brakes. And it, I didn't know for sure. I, I was going off gut instinct. I locked up my brakes, grabbed my radio, said 201's out in Georgetown. Drop my radio mic. I jump out with my pistol and I start screaming, I see you, motherfucker, I see you. You better not move. I'm going to blow your fucking brains out. I'm going to be honest with you all. I figured this guy had had a gun. I figured if you're going to steal the cop car, you're going to steal a weapon that's inside the car when you run. Reason why, and I don't think the cops, the, the town cops would admit it because it's embarrassing, right? But um, I figure he's armed. But anyway, I'm screaming. I see you, son of a bitch. And I'm cursing him for everything, calling him everything but a child of God. I see you, fucking old lady raper. I'm, I'm going to blow your brains out, bitch. You good? Did you move an inch? Well, my radio's going off. I can hear in the truck. They're like, too. My, my dispatchers know me. They, they knew the tone of my voice. They knew I was always in shit, but they knew if I didn't respond, better send everybody. And um, so I'm screaming. I'm 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 not standing in the wide ass open, and I really can't see Dick because all I can see is from my taillights backwards. I'm in the dark. I assume I'm guessing the bad guy McGee is in the uh, is somewhere in the, my close proximity. Now, if he'd come out at me, I'd have shot him because I couldn't see, and I'd have had a right to, and and because he, he he you know I said don't move, et cetera, but. I'm not going to let them steal my shit. So I hear them on the radio. 
uh, first of all, at 1033, the net for me when I didn't, didn't respond, they said 201, and I didn't respond. So like 1033, the net, which means hold all traffic on this channel in case I needed the radio, right? Everybody had to swap over to a different channel. And I heard Brian Paul say, 201, I'm coming to you from where he was coming from. And then uh, we had the K-9 officer on standby. I had called him earlier. It's Brandon Ashford. Y'all have heard me talk about him many times. His dog, Harry, just absolutely the best. We, we used to work Uniform Patrol together. We'd been on SRT team together. But I know y'all have heard me tell stories about Brandon and, and Harry, the, uh, the K-9. Now, Harry was a what they call a Belgian, I think, I'm going to say it wrong, but a Belgian Melanois, it's a, it's like a crossbreed between a German Shepherd and something else. And he was a badass dog. And, but he was trained in everything from narcotics detection to apprehension to whatever, to tracking uh, and, and biting, uh, uh, you know, taking a suspect down, et cetera. And Brandon was actually the closest one to me. And I, and I heard him say, 201, I'm coming to you. Can you repeat your location? Meanwhile, I'm still screaming. That's right, you motherfucker. You better stay right there. I'm going to blow your brains out. I see you. I see you. Well, guess what? That's an old cop trick. I didn't see shit. But that's, you know, like you use that on SWAT when you when you hit a house and you hit a room. If you know somebody's in there or not, or not, it doesn't even have to be SWAT. You could be in uniform patrol clearing a house and would always scream. I see you. I see you. You better put your hands up. I'm, I'm, I'm blow your brains out. Put your hands up. Well, there may not even be anybody in the room, but nine times out of ten, if it is, some, if there is someone in the room and they're hiding, they sticking those hands up, right? So, and then I'm screaming and doing all these threats, et cetera, on the chance that this cat's even there. This is just an old old trick, right? And he doesn't know that it, that I can't see him, and so I, I grab the mic. Well, before I got to the mic, Brandon said, can you 10-9 your location? And, and the dispatcher came back and said, he said, Georgetown. Well, obviously, that's not in Livingston Parish, right? And I, I probably shouldn't have been up there, but I was just doing what I was doing. I was hunting this asshole. But I'm way up there, and I'm way in the country. And so it's just me and the guy. I was able to reach back in the truck. I grabbed the mic, and I, and I, I said, Brandon, when you when you get to me, stop when you see my tail lights and turn your spotlight on. I kind I didn't say it loud enough where this bad guy could hear me. I did grab my my little uh, portable flashlight and I'm back out there shining a light in the direction of the ditch. Now let me tell you about this road was raised up because this area floods a lot, and it's one of those kind of like where he he wrecked the car off of. It's one of those type of. Um, embankments and the grass is high as shit and that and there's a cow pasture to the left and again it could have been deer something that i saw and 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 crossing the road it could have been anything but i just had the gut instinct that it was it was the bad guy so i hear brandon come running up 43, and and um, as he's getting close, he sees my brake lights. He comes out of the turn, sees my brake lights, and he stops his mark unit with the lights on, and he throws the big, the big spotlight in my direction. And I pointed towards that side of the road, and he shined it in the ditch. 
And then I, I backed up because I knew he had it covered. And I, I called him and I said, listen, we're going to wait on Brian Paul and some more people to get here. I said, obviously, this asshole is going to run. I said, get your dog out. And uh, but when Brian Paul gets here, we'll let you do your thing, right? So Brian Paul got there because we were so far up there, y'all. I mean, we just couldn't be any more bumfuck each of them where we were. When Brian Paul gets there, he calls out that he's on he's on scene, and and I told him the same thing. I, I wasn't crossing the distance between me and them. I'm north of where they are, and um, I I said Brian Paul, we're gonna let the, we're gonna let the K nine work. Now, for the K9 to work, first of all, one of the reasons I don't want to walk down to where they were is, is for my own safety. The other reason is if a human being crossed that road, I didn't want to mess up the track for Harry with my own track, the dog, the K9. And so I told Brian Paul, I said, we're going to let, let Harry get his ass. So Brandon, before he can release the dog, and now the dog, y'all, is is trained in a foreign language. So I'm not going to tell you which one. And that's so if they, when they get into a apprehension or whatever, if, a, if they're, let's say they're biting a bad guy, the bad guy can't say stop and the dog's going to get confused and think it's his master, right? Now, Harry lived with Brandon. They stayed together. And he lived at his house. They trained every day on on their days off. They went to national competitions and local competitions. I mean, this is his boy. And, and, and Harry got his first bite because of a guy that ran from me. And and so he still was kind of a young dog at the time, but probably a couple years old. But he was damn, damn good on, on the apprehension uh, and attack part. Now, if y'all, I don't know if you've ever seen the video, but I've, I've actually put on one of the canine suits before, which is this big padded suit. And they, when, during canine training, they, they tell you to run. And then they give the command for the, the canine to go get you. And look, the canine hits you, you go into the ground. And, and if they get a bite on your arm or whatever, but they hit you with such force, it, it'll knock any grown man to the ground. So before he can release him, he has to give three verbal commands. He has to say, and he did it. He said, Sheriff's Office, canine officer, come out with your hands up. I'm, I'm going to loose the canine. Sheriff's Office. <laughs> he's, supposed <to> say, <laughs> he's supposed to say it three times loud and clear and distinct. And let's just say uh, maybe sometimes, you know, it got said a little quick. But so it was... The second command, sheriff's office, sheriff's office, canine, come out with your hands up or I'm going to loose the dog. Sheriff's office, canine, come out with your hands up or I'm going to loose the dog. God, dog's gone. Boom. Harry's gone. And it didn't take him 15 seconds. He came my direction. He hit, he hit the, the scent. He hung a hard right, and he bailed off in the ditch, and, bitch, it was on. He hits the ditch. We can't see because, remember, it's a steep embankment, but he got right on that ass. And I'm talking about McGee's ass. But the, the, you heard screaming and, and fighting, and then we run over there, right, and shining the lights. And this asshole was fighting Harry for everything he was worth, and Harry was giving it right back to him in street justice form. And, the, and I'm talking about, now, we can't shoot. 
he didn't have a firearm and, and, and we can't get in. I'm not getting in up close to try and spray him or anything with Harry. And I mean, he, all he had to do was stop resisting. And then Brandon starts giving them commands, stop resisting, stop resisting. And he's like, fuck you. And I mean, he was fighting until Harry got, I mean, Harry was getting a lot of bites, but when Harry got a hold of something that was important to him, yeah, then he started squealing like a little bitch. And and he was like, ah, ah, so stop, get him off, get him off, get him off. And and there's a real tactical procedure they have to use for the canine officer to go down, you know, us to go down with him. And you're not going to call the canine off until you are sure that you're on top and you have him in, in enough physical custody if he decides to get up and run. You know, I call a canine off and say, well, get up and turn around and put your hands behind your back. Fuck that. He's going to run, right? So we go down the hill and Harry's tearing that ass up, literally street justice. Justice for the 76-year-old lady he raped is what I'm talking about. Justice for all the bad that he's ever done. And so we go down. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit, it is only 20 calories, and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great, too, and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment of chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash RLRC and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park there and Brandon calls Harry off Brian Paul cuss him and this dude is covered in blood I would call for an ambulance 1018 which means as quickly as possible because I mean I thought the dude was gonna die and and we we dragging him up the hill he starts to fight us again he kicks at Brian Paul and tries to uh bite at me and then he he pulls away like he's gonna run shit 
You ain't got to give a warning this time on K-9. Brandon loosed him again. Harry hit him like a ton of bricks, laid him out, and gets in in his ass again. And he's trying at first. He was trying to kick Harry and everything else. I'm like, all that blood, he can't be injured that bad. But he's trying to kick him again, and then Harry got a hold of a vital area of importance to the guy and was ripping it, and the guy started to apply again. So what we did this time is was, was we went up, um, got shackles out, and we actually shackled his feet and took the shackles and hogged out him behind his back to his handcuffs. So he couldn't, he couldn't kick, he couldn't move, he was immobilized. But I'm going to tell you something, this dude was in bad shape. No, look, her goal is not to kill anybody, not even by accident. And we certainly didn't want him to die. But he didn't, I mean, we're looking at him, we're looking at all the blood. Of course, we had blood on us. But there's no arterial bleeding, meaning there's no squirting going on. If there was, certainly we would have, you know, applied a tourniquet or done whatever we had to do to try to save the guy. But he was, he was messed up. And he was messed up bad. And he got street justice. And did I feel bad for him? Fuck no. Fuck him. And and, and I know what he did. I know what he did to that lady. I talked to the cops that day. They were on the scene of the wreck and the manhunt and all that. And they, they, they told me what he did and that he confessed to it. And he's been doing this forever, right? He was a frequent flyer. So that I don't feel bad for him. And, and I'm glad I went up to Georgetown and caught his ass and, or, or, was a part of catching his ass. But check this out. Uh, Brian Paul was patting him down for uh, weapons, right? And w- once we had him the second time down and we had him immobilized, and it's, you know, part of what you do is you take the shoes and stuff off, and, the, and he's screaming and hollering and everything else. Oh, I had to spray him before before we hogtied him. I had this after Harry... He just wasn't going to stop. I I did spray him, and that that's finally, once the spray kicked in, and he started crying like a bitch, he shut up, and, and he was concentrating on the spray burning him instead of being an asshole and continuing to fight. So, But he knew he was going to prison for the rest of his life, or if not the death penalty. And uh, Brian Paul is searching him, takes his shoes off, and feels the sock, and guess what he finds? A handcuff key. No shit, a handcuff key. So what it was believed or was found out later on through investigation that some inmate, when this guy, this guy's he's a local, going back to local jail, somebody he knew slipped him a handcuff key. So he played those dudes, the cops, about going out to look for this piece of pipe. And he meant the whole time to escape. And he did. And so ambulance comes. I had I rode in the ambulance for the for their safety. We took him to Lolly Kemp Hospital, which was the closest one in Independence, Louisiana. It's kind of a, a charity hospital, a public hospital. And I the the chief of that small town and, and the, their guy came and met me, and they were very very thankful that we called him and that he didn't get to rape anybody else or hurt anybody else. They were not sad that he was in the shape that he was in. That, that again, that's street justice. And that's it. They took custody. I didn't even have to take him to Livingston and book him because he was outside of my jurisdiction. And But I knew, you know, he was a fugitive, et cetera. And uh, I didn't ask him any questions or anything like that. 
but he was Mirandized and placed under arrest and turned over to custody. Fast forward to, to the end of the story. He goes to trial. This is another reason I don't feel bad that he got his ass tore up so bad because he went to trial. He wouldn't, it didn't, I, actually, they didn't even offer him any type of plea bargain. They charged him with aggravated rape. That's mandatory life. They did not go for the death penalty. Um, they charged him with aggravated burglary. That's, I mean, I don't know, 40 or 60 years, whatever. And aggravated escape from an officer, which aggravated flight, which I think it's another 10 or 20 years. And that, y'all, the aggravated escape means when you are escaping, you put somebody's life in danger. So goes to trial. By the time this thing gets to trial, I'm already transferred to the state police, okay? So a lot of the cases or most of the cases that the, we had together at those times that went to trial, whoever I worked it with, they got this. I, I got a subpoena for them. If I couldn't go, I would call them, the prosecutor and say, hey, I'm going to be out. When I were working on such and such, I can't come, you know, on this date. They would get the other detective to come in. Guess what? We're going to say the same shit anyway. And we only one of us would write the report on it. And so Brian Paul went to testify on it, and he testified in, in about everything, basically. He testified about the crash scene, the, the vehicle being trashed. He, he testified about our apprehension up there, and then he fought us, and he did fight us in the K-9, and he testified about how bad of a shape he was in and everything else, and he was. Uh, he testified about finding the handcuff key, et cetera. Come back. Well, no, let me. But the sad part of it is this lady, the victim, had to take the stand and testify because everybody has a right to confront their accuser. And that sour sack of shit made her get on the stand and testify. And listen, this is hard to hear. This is the worst part of the story. She gets up and she testifies. And the defense is challenging the aggravated rape. And, and they make her describe the event in detail. And, and the, you know, it was like, but did he penetrate you? And she was like, I don't know. I don't know. I felt his, his hard, erect penis going back and forth on me six or seven times. And she said, it, it, I know it kept hitting my clitoris. Now, how fucking sick is that, that, that you're going to make her get up there and relive the trauma in this Christian lady, pastor's wife, probably 78, 79 years old by this time to have to get up there and do that. So fuck him. And and I'm talking about McGee and his attorney. And much my hat's off to that lady for being that strong, for the victim or the survivor for being that strong. So jury goes out, come back, unanimous guilty verdicts on the aggravated uh, rape, aggravated escape, and aggravated burglary. Now, he challenges it on appeal, and he challenges the aggravated rape, saying he did not penetrate, even though he hit her clitoris and he uh, went back and forth on the outside of her vagina, that he didn't, that he actually challenged that the state didn't prove that he penetrated her, even though it matter how slight, and he won. But he was convicted of attempted aggravated rape, right? 
and he got 40 years, sentenced to 40 years for that. On no, let me let me back it up. Let me get it straight. They came back on the 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 jury came back on and found attempted aggravated rape because the state didn't prove that he penetrated the the victim with his penis. Forty years. Then the aggravated burglary. I think they gave him another thirty, thirty or four, maybe forty. I don't remember. It it, it was a, pretty much the max. And the aggravated escape, they did find him guilty of, and they gave him another ten or fifteen years on that. Now all this was to run consecutive, not concurrent, which means he when he got done with his first day of the forty years on the attempted aggravated rape. The the very next day, he started his 30 years for the aggravated burger, right? It's a death sentence. Uh, uh, um, McGee was like 34 or 35 at the time when he did this in 2005. But he did challenge it on appeal. What he had challenged was the aggravated escape, and he won. Uh, and he challenged the fact that they can't they couldn't prove that he almost killed anybody even himself. And, and the reason they couldn't prove he almost killed himself is the state police who work highway crashes or whatever, they weren't, they didn't, the prosecution didn't put on any, anything at trial that showed how bad the crash was, even though Brian Paul testified to it. And, and I'm basically, I think Brian Paul was like, uh, if you'd seen the car, you, you'd have wondered yourself how anybody could have got away, could have walked away from that. That's how bad it was. So, but anyway, the appeals court upheld it, and they dropped it to simple escape, which I think you know only took like eight years off his sentence. He's going to die in prison anyway. He's a piece of shit. Belazar, I think, got like 40 years for the aggravated burglary. He was principal to aggravated rape, so street justice. And I'll never forget seeing that guy get his ass tore up, but at the same time, can't get the image out of my head of him beating this sweet old lady. And then he intended to rape her, whether 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 he penetrated her or not, he had full intentions of raping a 76-year-old lady and did it. I don't know. She's probably deceased by now. That was 15 years ago, but... Hats off to her uh, uh, for being a champion and being tough, and that's it. So that'll conclude this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast, Street Justice. I hope you all enjoyed it. I want to talk about a couple things real quick. Um, the Rapids burning, again, the, there's a lot of people that are suffering right now in Louisiana and other places. I am going to conclude that. But I'm going to tell you something. When they lift this COVID restriction, we are today. We hit 25,000 members on our uh, Facebook private group page. It's called um, Real Life Real Crime Friends, Fans, and Crew. Crew being spelled with a K. That's a Louisiana uh, term, uh, Mardi Gras thing. K R E W E. And we have 25,000 members now in that private group, and that's because people keep inviting and sharing the group and inviting their friends to join. And it's important because I'm going to tell you something. 
as soon as we're available and we can properly plan it. We're if justice for Courtney Coco hasn't happened by that time, we're gonna roll up in the Rapids Parish and do a peaceful protest. We're not gonna burn shit down. We're not gonna kill anybody, but we're gonna have thousands and thousands of us. And right now, all the hotel rooms and everything are full and stuff like that because of the evacuees from the hurricane. But when it's time, I'm telling you, they better get off the ass and close out the case on Courtney Coco and make the arrest because we're going to use the lifers and the crew members and we're going to go up there and put on the protest of protests and it's going to get national media coverage, which is the whole goal all along of growing that group. And... So justice for Courtney Coco, as always, y'all, and Miss Barbara Blunt, please, please don't forget about her. Don't forget about her. I know the focus has been on Rapids Parish, but it's not a cold case. There are things that are being worked on. And listen, y'all, these are this is a homicide case. Homicide. And, and it's not going to be solved in a day, but it's being worked. It's being worked because of the tips that y'all are calling in, just like Courtney Coco's. It's so important. Please continue to call in your tips. All right? It's huge. You just don't know. It's huge. Showtime presents the new limited series, Your Honor. Dad, I hit somebody and I left him there. Starring Brian Cranston. Don't tell anyone. I can keep you safe if no one hears about it. There are some truths worth lying for. Oh, who did this? The city is waiting. Send a message. What have you got me into here, Michael? I need more time! I can't do it at any of this. You have to, or we die. Your Honor premieres December 6th on Showtime. And listen, all y'all that keep sending me the cold cases, and Toby Tomplay and I, we've just been busy, but we're going, I'm going to start a cold case podcast where we work just nothing but cold cases, but it's not going to be lifetime like we did on, on Courtney Coco's and, and um, like I'm doing on Barbara Blunt's. We are going to take it and work the cold case to its conclusion and record it as it goes along, and then we're going to release the series, okay? So that's coming. I If you have a loved one who's been murdered, I don't care where it is, and it's a cold case, like I tell you all, and when you message me, email me, woody at realliferealcrime.com. I'm going, I can't tell you we're ever going to work it, but I can tell you it's going to be red, and I can tell you that, that someday we're going to start this show, and, and those cases are all going to get a look, okay? And y'all, Instagram, check it out. It's at realliferealcrime and at Overton Woody. It's growing big. I'm posting more stuff on there all the time. I'm still learning it. Um, but putting some it's, it's different stuff that I'm putting different things on there that then are on the crew page or a regular Facebook group. Y'all, a reg, we do have a regular Facebook uh, group, Real Life, Real Crime. Check it out. Go like it and all that. Uh, we have the Real Life, Real Crime Lanyap group, which is where you can go. Post anything that you want to you, your hobbies. You can you, you can do lives from there. You can sell stuff. I don't care. We made that for our fans that uh, that are crew members and lifers that 
the crew page is is for true crime, all right? And we try to keep that page on that focus as much as it can, as much as we can. And the Dream Team moderators do a great job. But the crew, the Lanyap page, Lanyap is a, is a Cajun word for extra bonus or free. Go there, but you have to be a member. And so get, we'll, we'll get you approved and go in there and post what you want. That's an awesome page. But, y'all, we have the Book and Book Club that the Dream Team moderator started. Check it out. That's another Facebook page. They do a, a different true crime book, and they read it, and they discuss it, et cetera, all on Facebook. I get friend requests every day for Woody Overton. I cannot and haven't for probably a year now been able to accept anymore unless somebody deletes me, which happens from time to time. But the um, but I'm at the 5,000 limit, so I had to create a pu- public persona page or whatever they call it. So if send me a friend request, send it there. So I can, I would love to be friends with all of you and, and, and talk to all of you, but I can't, I can't take any more friends on my, on my private page. You have to go to Woody Overton, public person, person. I don't know what the hell they call it. Send the request to that page and I, I would love to be friends with you. YouTube, we're about to blow that bitch up. We, we met with some professional people. And y'all just wait and see what's coming. I, I don't want. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag on that. I'm going to do a a a mini episode just about that when, when it's time. And patron members, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you are the your your subscription, and and I hope you're enjoying and using all your benefits. If we owe, owe you something, let us know. But I know they're staying on top of it really good right now. Your episode will, your monthly bonus full episode will be coming out next week, and it's a good one. So thank you all. For, hey, if you can't be a Patreon member lifers, I don't care. Just continue to like us and share us and help us grow. And everyone, if you get a chance, go to iTunes and leave me a review for real, for real life, real crime, a review on iTunes. And, and we, we have over... 2000 something reviews and we're five stars but go if you want to you want to laugh and if you know me and you want to laugh go read some of the one stars they're they're comical i'm a racist i'm a uh everything about a child of god right they're comical so but anyway if you get a chance leave us a review on that last but certainly not least lopa louisiana organ procurement agency please Please, please go to their website. Sign, it'll be in the show notes. Sign up to be an organ donor. Give the gift of life, or as I told you last week, the or the week before, the life reached out that works at the iBank, and they give the gift of sight. How amazing is that? You know, so do that. And when you go to their website, and they have a, a click on the box how you heard about us. Check Livingston, LT, I think it's LTC for Livingston Parish Literacy and Technology Center. Those are the, those are the people that got me hooked up with Lopa, and they they got me my first live show and and all that. And I'm going back there in the, in the next two weeks to teach more classes to Miss um, Ke- Kelly Jennings' students. So which will be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that Kelly. 
Uh, but they're the best people in the world. Miss um, Kim Albans, the principal out there, and I wish I'd have had a school like that when I was coming up. But check under LOPA, LTC for Livingston Parish Literacy and Technology Center, and there's a section for criminal justice students. And they're also now, they've added real life, real crime. If y'all want to check that, you can see. But I'm not doing it for real recognition. I'm doing it because we believe it's important. I, I believe it's important, and it's real life, real crime's mission to help save lives through LOPA. So lifers give the gift of life, sign up to be an organ donor. I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. Peace. Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast.